Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to this presentation on getting unstuck and achieving your goals with the four M's. I'm your host, Dr. Donnelly Snipes. Even during the best of times, changing behavior is hard. That's why the phrase exists, change causes crisis and crisis causes change. We have to really kind of have um, motivation to... Uh, to make changes because it is hard. Even simple changes require us to engage our brain more, to think more, to get out of autopilot, which takes energy. Unfortunately, the pandemic has sapped many people's energy and motivation over the last two years. Yes, it's been almost two years now that we've been dealing with this. It kind of all melds together and so a lot of people got out of their routines. Their circadian rhythms got disrupted because they weren't doing the things that they normally did when they normally did them. They were staying at home a whole lot more. Behind your computer, lots of blue light at the wrong times, very little sunlight. You know, there's been a lot of stuff that's thrown circadian rhythms out of whack. When your circadian rhythms get out of whack, it affects your sleep. It affects your energy. It affects your mood. It even affects your gonadal hormones like testosterone and estrogen. All of that contributes to having difficulty becoming and staying motivated. On top of that, because of the pandemic, a lot of people have been struggling with persistent anxiety. The last survey I saw estimated that upwards of 45% of people in the United States have a diagnosable anxiety disorder at this point in time. That is mind-boggling. So of those people, you know, they are struggling with high levels of anxiety day in and day out. It's not just something they're nervous about a test or about a job interview. This is persistent anxiety. And that is freaking exhausting. It is extraordinarily tiresome to be worried about getting sick, to be worried about whether you're going to be able to get health care, to be worried about whether there's going to be supply chain issues. There's a lot of things that people are anxious about right now. A lot of people are anxious about finances as well. So all of that anxiety that people are holding, all of that stress that people are holding is draining their energy. Stress is kind of like having your foot on the gas on it in your car. You know, you can sit in park 
and let the car idle and then just occasionally rev it and, and just keep this rev going on, it burns energy. It may not burn enormous amounts of energy all at once, but it drains your energy a lot faster than if the anxiety didn't exist. This is why I decided to do a video on the four M's. You know, let's try to make it really simple. Let's break it down. The four M's can help you start getting unstuck. And hopefully when you, as you start getting unstuck, you start feeling more optimistic. The first M is mindset. Covey said, begin with the end in mind. In um, Atomic Habits, he talks about instead of setting goals, adopting a mindset of what you want to be like. And I kind of meld those together because I think we do need to have goals. But people who are intuitors, who are big picture people, or perceivers who really don't like to be, you know, hemmed in and held to, you know, task all the time, they like to be more spontaneous, may appreciate instead of focusing on goals and sub goals and sub sub goals all the time, focus on becoming the type of person that achieves that goal. So for example, if you are trying to improve your nutrition or your sleep or your sleep uh, uh, or your fitness habits, or you're trying to stop smoking, you know, all of those are health goals. Instead of focusing exclusively on that, just start asking yourself, what would a healthy person do in this situation? Let's take nutrition. You know, healthy people eat relatively healthfully most of the time, but most healthy people also allow themselves treats, snacks, um, you know, the occasional uh, coffee, caffeine, whatever. Um, so asking yourself, what would a healthy person do encourages you to focus less on time limited goals. So I'm going to go on a diet for 12 weeks, for example, and encourages you to embrace a mindset of how can I make this a lifestyle? Fitness is the same way. You know, what would a healthy person do if you wake up and you're not feeling the best? You know, a healthy person may say, you know, today is a day I need off from the gym because I need to let my body rest. However, if you wake up and you're feeling pretty good, then a, a healthy person may say, I need to do something to work out today. A happy person. And, and we're going to go through these a little bit um, just so you can understand that I'm not saying ignore the bad. A happy person isn't happy all the time. Nobody's happy all the time. If you expect to be happy all the time, you are going to be sorely disappointed. A happy person when they feel depressed is going to acknowledge their depression. They're going to be curious about why they're feeling depressed. They're going to seek out strategies to address their depression so they can get happy again. You know, a happy person isn't going to ignore their depression. They're going to do something about it when they start feeling that way. A happy person will recognize anxiety as the body smoke alarm saying, hey, there might be a problem. Better get up and check it out. A happy person is not going to hold on to anxiety and nurture it and not do anything about it. They're going to say, okay, I, I don't like this feeling. My body's telling me there might be a threat. So what can I do to improve the next moment? 
They are acknowledging the present and they are trying to figure out how to improve it. We call this tragic optimism sometimes. And then resentment, you know, happy people don't dwell on resentment. They recognize that that is a waste of their energy. Sitting there being mad about something and stewing on it just uses a lot of energy and the other person's probably oblivious. So resentments are anger at somebody else and anger is an emotion that tells us we need to do something and we need to figure out how to deal with that feeling. So happy people embrace all of their emotions they recognize them and the ones that are uncomfortable, they say, what do I need to do to alleviate this problem? Successful people, maybe you have some work or some school goals. You want to get promoted or you want to go to graduate school or just pass your classes this semester, whatever it is. Uh, envision what would a successful person do in terms of going to work? How do they act at work? A successful person probably doesn't show up at work, get coffee, stand around in the break room for 45 minutes, get to their desk, look at YouTube, um, although YouTube has its benefits, um, and you know, uh, fritter away a lot of time. A successful person is probably task-oriented. They recognize when they're at work that they need to focus on doing work. Imagine that. Uh, being a good parent. That's another one that I hear a lot of times. You know, I want to be more patient with my children. Well, that kind of falls under the, sub, the umbrella heading of being a good parent. What does it mean to be a good parent? When Johnny starts acting out, instead of trying to remember what the steps were that you had outlined in your plan, just asking yourself, what would a good parent do in this situation? And if you don't know what a good parent would do, it's time to start looking for some people that you can emulate. Uh, who can you learn from? You know, there was a period back in, gosh, the 80s or 90s, I can't remember, um, and it's been a while, uh, that people wore around bracelets that said, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Uh, and this is kind of what we're talking about here, asking yourself, what would a good parent do? So if you don't have a, a model of a good parent, then you need to find one. Find a book. Um, uh, Dr. Sears, and I cannot remember his first name right now, but if you type in uh, Dr. Sears and parenting, um, uh, Martha, I believe is his wife's name. But anyway, I like a lot of his books. Um, so knowing that you've got a resource that you can go to when you don't exactly know the answers is good. And then being a good friend. You know, what would a good friend do right now? You know, I get home in the evening, I make dinner, clean up. I've got some free time in the evening. If I want to be a better friend, uh, what would a good friend do when they've got free time? Oh, hey, I might check in with some of my you know, some of my friends see how they're doing. If I know a friend of mine's going through a rough time, I ask myself, what would a good friend do? And then I do that. So beginning with the end in mind, knowing where you want to go, what you want to achieve, focus on becoming the type of person that achieves that goal, and then beginning to act purposefully.
That is think before you act instead of just going on autopilot. And when Johnny starts to act up, you know, but responding the way you've always responded, stopping and saying, all right, what would a good parent do in this situation? I don't want to do what I've been doing. What would a good parent do? Use guided imagery to visualize your success. Actually imagine achieving your goal. If it is being healthy, what does, what do you look like six months, a year from now when you've, you know, gotten super healthy, how are you looking different? How are you feeling different? How are you, what things are you doing that are different? Cause you have all this energy now. Um, if you want to be a good friend, you know, envision yourself doing good friend things. What things do you need to start doing more to be a better friend? Use that guided imagery at least once a day. And it can be helpful to use it as you're drifting off to sleep um, because it gives your mind something to focus on. It's like the last thing you think about before you go to sleep for the day. Motivation. So the first one is mindset. You get your mind set on the direction you want to go. Now that's great, but actually doing it is a little harder because that's where the energy comes in. You need to have motivation. And one of the strategies we use in motivational enhancement is called decisional balance. And you want to look at all four quadrants and some of them will seem repetitive and that's okay. But you want to look at all four quadrants. What are the benefits to changing? Let's say uh, eating healthier or getting being healthy. Physically, you know, you'll have more energy, you'll sleep better, less pain, get sick less often, all those things. Affectively, um, what are the benefits to getting healthy? Well, you'll probably have a better mood because we know as inflammation goes down and as sleep improves and as energy improves, mood tends to improve. Your neurotransmitters start to balance out. Your physical health affects your emotional health. Cognitively, if you're healthier, we know that you're probably eating better, getting better sleep, which is going to significantly impact how effective your thinking is, how effective you are focusing, making decisions, that sort of thing. Environmentally and financially. So at home and, you know, keeping a roof over your head, if you're healthier, you're probably able to go to work and, you know, keep a roof over your head and maybe even add things to your environment that make it happier. Relationally, if you're getting healthy, how is it going to impact your relationships? Well, guess what? As you get healthy, you're probably going to have a lot more energy and that energy can be devoted in part to nurturing relationships. So it's, you know, a win all the way around, but you don't just stop there. And that is one of the biggest um, mistakes a lot of people make with trying to get motivated. They convince themselves of all the reasons that, that they want to do it. Well, that's great. But then we also need to look at those little things that are hiding in the shadows. The reasons we don't want to do it. Our fears about doing it. So you go through that again. Physically, you know, it may be uncomfortable. Uh, a little bit getting 
to be the healthy person if, if you're going to start changing your diet and exercising and doing all that stuff it may require a little bit more energy than you've been outputting right now affectively you know it may take a little bit more effort to get um, enthused about it so anyway you're going to go through these you're still not done then you want to look at what are the benefits to staying the same I really enjoy being a couch potato sometimes don't get me wrong um, and for a lot of people who have been stressed out stuck inside disrupted circadian rhythms you know all that kind of stuff um, they have very little energy so staying the same may there there are some benefits to that because it doesn't take as much energy and it's comfortable and you know they're not going to uh if they stay the same they're not going to have to give up binge watching xyz show on netflix uh, so you want to look at what are the reasons that i might want to stay the same i might want to not change and then address those so for example if one of the things is uh staying the same you really enjoy the shows that you watch and you enjoy having your tv time in the evening or your computer time in the evening how can you integrate that into getting healthier you know maybe get a treadmill that you put in front of the tv I have a stationary bike um, especially the recumbent bikes the ones that you sit on like a regular bike can make your butt sore if you sit on them for too long but the recumbent bikes can be really nice for sitting on and reading a book or watching tv or doing something like that treadmills you know they do have the walking desks right now but those the research is kind of mixed on those because as you're walking it makes it harder to focus on the text can give people headaches and you can obviously trip so I would advise if you're thinking about treadmills to think about it for something like walking on a treadmill while you're watching TV but anyhow you want to take away or figure out how you can make the benefits of staying the same be part of the benefits of change so all the things you like about what you're doing now how can you still do those and change at the same time also motivation pair it with something you like to do if you are trying to get um start eating healthier maybe you like I like to have people around and so I I invite my friend over and we cook and we come up with different we try different recipes and do those things so I can socialize which I like to do um and I can cook which I also like to do and try new foods which I don't like to do so much but we do do it and we have that experience reward your progress you know when you do something give yourself credit where credit is due get a battle buddy or an accountability buddy it doesn't have to be somebody doing the same thing that you're doing but somebody who is going to hold you accountable and ideally somebody who's also trying to make a change themselves because there's a little element of misery loves company and so when it gets tough you can be more effective cheerleaders for each other and as I said earlier find somebody to emulate this can help a lot with motivation if you can envision yourself becoming successful like you know 
somebody that you think of who's successful, then that can help you a lot more with your motivation because you want to be like them. Micro goals is the third M. Instead of setting these huge goals, set micro goals. Ideally, something you can accomplish in less than a day, ideally even less than an hour, but definitely uh, within a week. So let's say you're using some pretty darn big micro goals, but even accomplishing one goal every week gives you 52 little steps towards progress, towards one giant leap. If you are um, wanting to do wanting to do something like um, get a promotion at work, you know there are going to be little things that you've got to do, habits that you've got to start embracing. So these 52 little steps, ask yourself, you know, if you're thinking about, well, what step do I take today? If there's no set um, chronology that you've got to go through, if you can do things kind of at random, then just ask yourself, what is one thing this type of person would do? So is one, one thing a healthy person would do or what one thing a successful person would do in order to continue being that way? Recognize that nearly all goals have pacer aspects that must be considered. So getting healthy, for example, physically, you're going to have to make some changes. Now, healthy often uh, relates a lot to physically, but affectively, a lot of people start feeling guilty uh, if they start taking care of themselves and uh, or they feel resentful if they're not able to sit on the couch and eat Cheetos all day long. Um, and it's going to be important to recognize that there are going to be some uh, emotional elements to deal with. Cognitively, there, there may be a lot to learn. Environmentally, healthy people generally have a slightly different environment than unhealthy people. You know, an environment that supports health-related behaviors. And relationally, if you have been hanging out with unhealthy people and doing unhealthy things, then your relationship with your friends may change some if they're not wanting to get healthy. It doesn't mean they have to go away. It just means the time you spend with them may be different than, than it was before. And finally, mindfulness. Mindfulness means maintaining awareness of what you want and need and why. So for example, if you want to be a good friend, that means not only focusing on improving your relationship skills, like being empathetic and consistent and responsive and all those things that we've talked about in other videos, but also you need to focus on your own physical and mental health so you can be available to other people. If you are sick, if you are tired, if you are worn down, if you're not thinking clearly, um, if you're stressed out, then you are not going to be able to be present emotionally, maybe, or physically even for, for your friends. So it's going to be harder to be a good friend if you are not healthy. So it's important to recognize that in order to be a good friend, I need to have energy. In order to have energy, I need to be healthy. 
so there are a lot of aspects that overlap on a lot of these different goals. And, and so it's important to recognize the needs there. I want to be a good friend, which means I need to take better care of myself and address some of my stressors so I can be present for my friends. Focus on progress instead of perfection and how it impacts your PACER dimensions. What do I mean? Now remember, PACER stands for physical, affective, cognitive, environmental, and relationship. As you become the person you want to be, the successful person, the healthy person, the happy person, the good friend, whatever it is, how does that impact you physically? How does it, does it, um, and it may start with affectively. You may start feeling happier and less stressed. Well, as that happens, your stress response system becomes less active, which means inflammation goes down, which means sleep generally improves, pain generally goes down. So you may start to see incremental changes in how you feel um, physically as a result of positive changes in any other area of your life. How is it impacting your mood? How is it impacting how you think? How is it impacting your relationships? As you become the person you want to be, what changes are you seeing along the way? Don't wait till the end and expect that, oh, when I arrive at the end, then all of a sudden we'll see starbursts and rainbows. Notice the changes in all of those areas as you move through your change process. Even the most successful and happy, healthy people need guidance and assistance at times. The skill is knowing when to ask for help and from whom, where to get it. Um, people who are happy, healthy, successful, you know, fill in the blank, you're not expected to know everything and be able to do everything on your own. We all have different skills and abilities. The mindful person recognizes when they need to ask for help. They recognize and, and notice, well, hey, I don't know this. Well, what would a successful person do if they don't know something? Ah, they'd ask for help. What would a healthy person do if they don't know how to deal with something? Huh, they'd ask for help. The question is, from whom? You know, where do you get that help? So it is important to identify resources that you can tap into in order to help you um, become the person that you want to be and achieve your goals. So to sum up, mindset, that is envisioning yourself, instead of seeing yourself as somebody who eventually will become this happy, healthy, wonderful person. Seeing yourself as that person now, acting as if you've already made it and asking yourself before you do anything, you know, is this what a per the person that I want to be, is this what a, a decision or a behavior that they would do? Motivation can be fleeting. When the going gets tough, the um, most people get going. So it's important to remember to review your motivations, review all the reasons that you're doing this and enhance as many as possible for change and try to take all those benefits, as many of the benefits from, you know, what you've got right now, what you're 
staying the same and figure out how can I be the person I want to be and not have to give up all the things that I like right now. Micro goals help you set small achievable steps or make small um, adjustments in your habits in order to become the person you want to be. It's not a let's completely revamp my lifestyle today. It's a small goal like for nutrition, starting to drink water, you know, carrying a water bottle with you so you get stay hydrated. And mindfulness works with mindset, motivation, and micro goals to help you get kickstarted on any of your um, behavior changes. But, you know, we've got the new year coming up. So, you know, it could also be something to consider for resolutions. You can learn more at docsnipes.com slash YouTube. This show was produced by Mr. Charles Snipes and presented by Dr. Donnelise Snipes. They can be reached by email at support at docsnipes.com.